Hey, what's up, Internet? Hope you're all uh, doing good today, uh, as always. Cool, stuttering three seconds in. So, we'll be a bit more chill today. We're a bit more low energy, a bit more... Last week I got really excited uh, just talking about tabletop games. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about zombies. Uh, sort of the general mythos behind them. Um, how they have affected pop culture and media. Examples of the media, different kind of zombies that have been presented with in video game, book, film, so on and so forth. Uh, yeah, so a bit, bit about what I did this week. I went and saw the uh, new Marvel film Shang-Chi. Uh, if anyone hasn't seen it, like, I'm not going to spoil anything for you. I'm just going to say uh, it's amazing. So, growing up, I loved old kung fu movies, so like Bruce Lee. Uh, things like that. A lot of Jackie Chan and Jet Li and I absolutely loved the sort of wire work kung fu fighting. And Shang-Chi, it's it's that mixed with uh, the sort of fantasy element of like the magic-y stuff. <laughs> Which is a really bad way of putting it. But it's got some magic-y stuff that's really reminiscent of um, Chinese mythology and folklore. Which is also something I was really passionate about. And I don't know, there's just something about that film I... I I almost teared up because I really give a shit about things that were close to me growing up. So while I was watching it, I, I kind of had this epiphanous moment of God damn, like all these years I really liked kung fu movies and all my friends like weren't into it, and now we've basically got the biggest blockbuster kung fu movie the world has ever seen, and it's incredibly popular and reviewing really well. And I don't know, there was just something about that that r was really special to me. I don't know if any of you out there have um, ever like, really loved something and no one else really gets it and then one day it becomes popular. So it might be like, I don't know, if you were a kid watching, uh, like say, Dragon Ball Z and you sort of got into anime and none of your friends did, but then later on in life they all got into anime. It was just a bit like that and it was just a really good experience, really good movie and I, you know, 10 out of 10 recommend it to people. But... That's not what we're here to talk about. We're going to talk about brains, brains, brains. Uh, the <laughs> zombies. So, as always, we're going to do the intro music and all the stuff like that. Oh, also, uh, welcome. It's episode something, because I've forgotten what episode we're on. I'm going to have to check now. So, it turns out we're up to episode five, guys. Well, five full episodes. So, obviously, I've done a couple of, like, you know, Celtic folklore, stuff like that. Um, like I say, I'm going to be trying to pump them out every week as well, like a little shorter one. And I'm probably going to re-kajigger it so they're not bonus episodes, they're going to just get numbers. So make it easier for me to actually count, because, you know, I'm in here for the long haul. So eventually things will get better, the audio will get better, and I might actually know what I'm talking about at some point. So thank you everyone who is listening, I do really appreciate it. And let's jump into this. So, uh, like I said, episode 5, Brains, 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 happy you're all here, doing okay. Um, we're going to talk about zombies, because, you know, it's October, it's getting, it's getting towards Halloween. thought I'd do a little little sort of horror one. Now, obviously, I'm not a horrifying man, I don't think so anyway. So, where do you start with this? Where did the, the myth and the legend of zombies come from? Now, different cultures and mythoses and things around the world have their own interpretations of undeath. 
So a lot of it is versions of vampires. For whatever reason, that's probably something I'll have to cover eventually, but it's what we're here for today. So n new to me, I didn't know this until uh, I started doing the background research for this episode, the idea of a zombie of like an undead, meat brains, kind of thing. It's actually from um, the Haitian belief. It's not like a, a practice religion thing, apparently, from what I read. I'm not a voodoo witch doctor myself. Uh, it's more of a sort of folk legend thing. Uh, however, there was a dude. What's his name? I've got it written down. I can't pronounce it. Clavius Narcisse. Narcisse. Um, so, he was a dude who claimed he was a real-life zombie for like 20 years of his life. Where apparently he died got back up and was then basically a zombie slave. So obviously it's a bit of a bit of a wild far-fetched story as I'm sure anyone out there would think as well. So a lot of people have theorized on this, people who do like sciencey bullshit and the way they have logicked it out is basically just him being forced into a drugged up stupor where he lost all coherent thought and Essentially, was just used for slave labour, things like that. And apparently, eventually, the guy who was running him died, and he just sort of walked off. Um, and there's a lot of, a lot, I don't want to say hypocrisy because no one really talks about it. So it's not hypocrisy, sorry. Uh, controversy is the way I was looking for. So uh, I don't want to say controversy because like, no one really talks about it anymore. So it's not really controversial. But I've been the people who sort of discuss things like this and how they're possible and such. No one can really make their minds up because, on the one hand, they're like, "Well, you know, in theory, it's possible, maybe," but they've never been able to like recreate the result. So, it, it, it's to be taken with a pinch of salt. The idea that this dude was an actual zombie. And I think this was in like the 1920s. So, the internet wasn't a thing. He didn't post it on Facebook, and you know that's how we all get all of our information these days. We go on Facebook or Wikipedia because the internet doesn't lie. So it's it's in a lot of these sort of rural Haitian folklore. Is this idea of dead people being revived by um, sort of voodoo magic or necromancy by witches and necromancers and you know horrible things like that and. The idea of their equivalent is that it's a bit like a zombie from, you know, what you'd normally see in a fantasy story or a video game or something where there's like a necromancer who's brought it to life and they're bound to his will. They they have, they had rather, they, um, in their folklore and mythos, it was the same kind of deal. A man raised a dude from the dead and was like, right, dude's told me. And that's kind of where the original idea of a zombie came from so that was you know about 100 years ago that that sort of started becoming mainstream i mean um i believe it was lovecraft yes it was lovecraft who actually wrote a couple of novellas that explored a, a zombie undead theme if anyone does want to read them uh, it's a uh, cool air the outsider and in the vault um so yeah if you want to if you're a fan of lovecraft you might know more about this than me, I haven't read any of Lovecraft's works. I know a bit about them, just like in passing as curiosity, but not enough to like read them or anything, because who has the time, I mean, you know. So, we can tell from a very long time the idea of zombies has been around, and 
stuff like that and people have been writing stories about it and such now it's not really until you get to more the modern era of like say the 80s where it all kind of became very mainstream and very popular media so you've obviously got sort of the older zombie movies like the original Dawn of the Dead uh, the Evil Dead series and it also became extremely popular in the Far East in like Japan in China places like you know that part of the world it became quite popular telling these zombie stories of undead but as far as I can tell they didn't have any original folklore of it so again most of it is fabricated from that one sort of myth of the Haitians of having a zombie which I think is why in a lot of medias is um, especially in the fantasy genre a lot of it is like a necromancer who's raised uh, an undead host or you know a group of undead to do his bidding uh, you know you see us a lot in Dungeon Dragons a lot of undead are there for a reason someone's brought them there and that's the crux of many a many a great adventure so after the 80s obviously more people started writing about it video games became a thing <clears throat> video games are probably the biggest successful zombie media at the moment so it's gone through highs and lows in its time as being a medium because it kind of was a thing in the 70s and 80s and then it had a really sharp downturn and I think that's because censors got more strict and my brother he got a DVD set about probably about 10 years ago and it was called um, Box of the Band and it was all banned horror movies that after they've been released they've been told oh no this is too brutal you can't have this uh, shown on screen it's horrible and I think one of them was like the Evil Dead or something along those lines so I think that's probably why it had a bit of a sharp downturn just because the um, I don't know what they call the people who decide what a movie should be or if it should go through but the people who made those decisions basically I think got a bit strict and kind of said nope there's uh, too much gore, too much violence. Now, they didn't really become popular again until, I think it was the early 2000s. And in the early 2000s, we got um, the Dawn of the Dead remake, which is the second zombie film I ever watched, and the Shaun of the Dead, uh, if you'd like a Cornetto, which is probably one of the best zombie films of all time, because it took it in a completely different direction. All of the others until this point have been very serious and horrifying and all the things you associate with a zombie movie were Shaun of the Dead, although it had the horror terrifying elements in it, you know, zombies are terrifying, it was a very, I don't want to say for the most part, because it's actually a little bit of a sad film sometimes, but it was a comedy film first and foremost, and you know, that was very, very different at the time, you know, it has some great scenes, like if you've seen Shaun of the Dead, you instantly know what scene I'm going to say if I say don't stop me now at one point they're fighting a zombie while Queen's don't stop me now plays while they beat a zombie with pool cues in rhythm to the song it's a fantastic scene it's probably one of the most notable scenes in the whole movie but similar time Dawn of the Dead remake came out a fantastic film I think it recently went up on Netflix and I fully intend to watch that again uh, absolutely fantastic uh, zombie film that now if you skipped to zombie films now, we've got uh, Army of the Dead, I think it's called. The one with uh, Dave Bautista in it. That, it didn't review as well as I thought it would. I think the film starts strong and it stays strong right up until the end. 
when I sort of switched off and was like, okay, they're going to go the angle of every zombie film ever made. I'm not trying to spoil anything here. But the hook to that is really interesting. I'm going to talk about that later when I talk about the sort of types of zombies you see in movie, game, and literature. So, also, television. It's been a big part of television with uh, ABC's The Walking Dead. It's obviously adapted from a comic book. Uh, that's probably the biggest zombie medium in the world today, being that the final season is either out or is being released currently. I don't know if it came out as one block or if it's being released episode by episode, because um, Disney Plus is on there. Now, I enjoyed The Walking Dead up till about halfway through, because they did the thing every sort of long-standing zombie medium does, where the zombies are no longer the threat or a thing to worry about in any way shape or form and it's your fellow man who is the greatest threat you'll encounter in this situation and I get why I mean zombies are a really limited threat to use but we see with like say Zombieland or a myriad of video games that you can keep zombies fresh so obviously in Zombieland 1 um, might spoil a little bit here they've got your bog standard shuffle after you probably not really a threat to anyone who can move more than a brisk trot uh, they're not that much of a threat, the traditional zombies. But in Zombieland 2, uh, spoiler, they begin to evolve. So you have what they call the Hawkings, I think, which are like smart zombies who can figure things out, like how to open a door. I think it's the example they actually show in the movie, is him opening a pan biometric scanner door. And, well, what was that other one called? The T-1000 or something along those lines, which they're basically believe is an indestructible, unstoppable beastie. So that's kind of how you keep zombies fresh in my view, and it's the best way to keep them fresh, is to have them as an evolving force. Again, a little bit spoiler here, for the Army of the Dead, we see the zombies begin to evolve in that movie as well, and they begin to have their own almost like a tribal feudal, well tribal feudal is different things, I'd probably say feudal culture if I'm being honest. Um, again we'll get to that later though to talk about that specifically so that's my qualm with The Walking Dead I know a lot of people love the show and it is. It, don't get me wrong it's a good show I just I don't know I got to season 5 I think it was and I was just kind of like yeah I'm done with this now but I started watching through it again recently and I'll just see how far I can get to that if I make it to the end um, probably not I have a really short attention span which is why I do a lot of um, when I'm talking because I forget what I'm trying to say so, we've also got zombies in video game. The pro progenitor of that is probably Resident Evil. Now, Resident Evil hit a very interesting concept very early. This idea of an evil corporation uh, creating zombies with some sort of super virus that they've created to use as a bioweapon of some sort, I think is the whole premise of it. Now. I'm not going to say no spoilers for Resident Evil because if you don't know the base plot to that, you know, why are you listening to a podcast specifically about zombies? <laughs> I mean, it's going to come up. I might have to start these from now on just saying, oh, spoilers for everything involving anything I'm talking about. So, warning. So, Resident Evil, obviously massive, really popular game franchise. Uh, the movie franchise is the highest grossing video game movie franchise of all time. So, they got it right. Capcom, 
I want to say it's Capcom. Capcom got it right with zombies, and they've managed to keep these games going for so many years that even if you're not a fan of the games, they, you've got to admit they're doing something right. <laughs> Otherwise, it just wouldn't be working. And it's not just like nine foot tall booby ladies that they're doing right. So, moving past the uh, Resident Evil and how they obviously invented it, you've also got big ones like Left 4 Dead. Really fun game. Also, sort of showcases zombie evolution. That you have your normal, oh, I'm going to walk or run at your zombies. And you've also got the hunters that leap, the prowlers, the tanks, all these things. Left Dead 2, uh, the upcoming Back for Blood, which I fully intend to play the shit out of. So, and pretty much any fantasy game uh, that's like an open world RPG or just fantasy games in general, almost all of them involve some kind of undead. Now, if anyone emails in and says, actually, this game doesn't, I will email you another 20 that do. And that's the reason I say most fantasy games involve some kind of undead. Like, not all of them do, as far as memory goes, and it is just from memory, uh, The Witcher doesn't contain undead, because they're all actual monsters, not undead. I don't know what they were supposed to be in the TV show popping out of the ground, but I don't think they're undead. I think they might have meant to have been ghouls or something. So, big in the fantasy genre, big in the sort of modern day post-apocalypse genre like with Daisy, I want to say it's called Daisy, yeah Daisy and games like that they love it, Last of Us is kind of a zombie game even though it's not a traditional zombie apocalypse because it's caused by some kind of spore or fungus and rotting your brain and such but it, it reaches far you know a good example for a science fiction one would be Dead Space these creatures, these horrible mutated creatures being made of the dead I mean, they may not seem it, but they are essentially zombies, even though they're parasites. I think they're parasites. Yeah, I'll say they are. I'm probably wrong. But that's my point. It, it stretches far. It breaks the boundary between fantasy, science fiction, modern-day post-apocalypse. It, it hits so many different genres, it's unreal. Like, to use an example of a book I love, I'm going to mention uh, The Twinborn Chronicles by J.S. Moran again, because... If you haven't noticed, I can't get enough of it. Now, one of the big plot points in the later half of the first saga of books, there's two sets. There's the Twinborn Chronicles, um, and then there's War of Three Worlds. So, you know, differentiate. But in the Twinborn Chronicles, spoiler, <laughs> at one point, um, an undead becomes a really big problem. There's a very powerful necromancer called Jinzong Fair believe that's his name, haven't read it for a while. Um, and although they're not the primary threat for most of the series, they do come up as a threat. And we get a lot of background lore about a famous necromancer named Luramar. And it's quite interesting, it's very well written, J.S. Morin is really good at his world building. His characters can be a bit shitty, so especially in that series I think, where the protagonist and antagonist flip-flops around all over the place and it's hard to make up your mind if you like him or not. But his world building is absolutely next level. It's absolutely incredible. So they use uh, examples of zombies that basically have their souls drained out of them and then magic pumped into them. It's a sort of simplified way of putting it. But there's also um, the most notable example of zombies in literature, sort of in the modern age, would probably be World War Z by Max Brooks. That was obviously adapted to film as well. Um, the film with Brad Pitt in it. I think it's yeah, I think it's Brad Pitt in it. I'm probably wrong again. So 
this is what I mean. It it's everywhere. There's also you know the timeless classic, which again I didn't realise was adapted from a novel, which was uh, I Am Legend. Didn't know that was a novel. Should probably do better research sometimes, but you know it's all learning, guys. You know, I'm learning, you're learning, because I'm learning, and that's why we're here. I I Google so you don't have to. And you know, there's quite a lot of books uh, about zombies. I'm not going to go through all of them now. It'll take too long. If you want to find books about zombies, just Google books about zombies. And that's going to be my answer to so many things in the process of doing this podcast. Because like I said, I'm going to be here a while. Google it. You can't go wrong. So, now I'm going to talk about a few different premises of um, the zombie apocalypse, if you will. So, the one I think is probably the most terrifying would be I Am Legend. Because the premise is almost so ridiculous but rooted in actual science that you're kind of like, I mean, if they could do that, I'd probably never stop shitting myself. So the premise of this, spoiler, is that a, a cure for cancer is invented. And they basically um, turn it into a aerobic cure and they pump it into the atmosphere and 90% of the population dies or becomes zombies and 10% remain immune or something along those lines I don't remember the specific numbers now throughout the film and the novel it, it takes place years after the outbreak and the zombies have begun to adapt and learn so in the movie we come in on Will Smith's character and he's trying to find a cure for it. Now, the zombies in this are horrible because they sprint faster than you, they're stronger than you, and they don't give a fuck. You basically can't stop them if they come for you. And we see through the film that they've begun to evolve and get smarter and set traps and do things like that. In the release of the film, um, Will Smith's character actually dies with a hand grenade trying to stop the zombies from killing some other humans. In the original, uh, what they had wanted to do, but I think test audiences didn't like it, the Will Smith character had to reinfect a zombie he had cured and give her back because he had taken this zombie from her tribe, if you will, and he gave her back and they all left and lived happily ever after. Because they'd essentially, even though they were undead, gained saints, sentience. And had become thinking creatures. Which kind of changes the dynamic. You've got these things that are super strong, super fast, and super aggressive that are now smart. So it makes it shockingly worse. But the main zombie you see in most mediums, even today, although like they're sort of changing as time goes on. And like, you know, they come up with new varieties and things like that. It's your shambler, your walker, your batter, your brains kind of zombie. <clears throat> where all they are capable of is walking and eating. Now, I've always wondered this, is how do these apocalypses happen with these zombies that you can defeat by jogging? And I don't know if anyone else has ever thought this, like watching things like The Walking Dead, where with the might of the global militaries, they haven't been able to stem this tide of things that essentially just walk towards you really slowly and have to bite you. 
Now, I know there's a twist partway through season two, I think, or season three of The Walking Dead that explains quite a bit. Um, I'm going to try not to spoil that one in case you're new to the show because it's finishing and you thought, oh, now's the time I'm going to jump on it. Oh, wait, no, this bastard just gave the game away. So I'm not going to ruin that for everyone. But if you've seen the first few seasons of the show, you know what it is. But I just don't see how something like that could be a threat. Whereas the ones in I Am Legend that are like jumping off a of rooftops onto you, I do see how that's a threat. Uh, another good example, I'm going to say Zombieland again. Because they, again, shouldn't really be a threat. Our protagonists seem to only ever be in danger because they get caught in a corner or in a situation where they have no other direction to run in. That seems to be how we're led to believe they hunt their prey. It's just by swarming in their thousands and encircling things, which, you know, if you're a zombie, it's probably pretty, pretty viable um, to have numbers on your side. Now, obviously, when we get to things like Zombieland 2, where there's these aforementioned T-1000s, they're a threat on their own because they can dodge bullets, they're like shooting them in the head doesn't work, and they can sprint at you, they can fight. <clears throat> so that seems to me where zombies become a legitimate threat is sort of that kind where they can run so dying light i'm going to use a video game example now dying light so that's a similar not a similar game but a similar idea as left for dead where these these adaptable zombies they have different traits and abilities so it's obviously the first ones you encounter are like the shambling walker ones but as you progress through that particular video game you start encountering the runners that can, they can't parkour as fast as you, but they can run faster than you. And at night, there's horrible, horrible creatures that will hunt you and murder you in the face. So, we can see how the the genre is evolving as time goes on, where it used to just be all about, like in The Walking Dead, it used to just be about these walking zombies swarming you with overwhelming numbers, and then as time has gone on, they've started incorporating these zombies that can run and jump and think and feel so this this is going to be pretty major spoiler for army of the dead so skip a while or just go watch the film and come back because I, I like i said i'm i'm doing these in one take so I'm, i can't give you a timestamp on when to skip till this isn't a video damn it so in army of the dead we see a, a zombie hierarchy. They have an actual leader, a king, and a queen. And that kind of sets off a lot of the conflict in the movie. Is that the human faction doing whatever they're doing. They, one of them, who has his own agenda, he kills the queen zombie, if you will. And the king zombie comes after him. Now, this is different because although zombies in different mediums have been shown to have intelligence, this one has a genuine strategic planning. Or at least enough tactical planning to know, ah, they have gun, I get shot in the head and I die, metal helmet. So we see the main zombie wears a metal helmet so he can't be headshotted to death. And he is driven, like we see in Iron Legend, he's driven purely by revenge and desire to murder those that harmed the one that was his. So, I don't know. I, I think, although it's taken a downtick in the last few years, it just needs a few more creative people like that to create more of these ideas to sort of revitalise the genre. 
Uh, Lola only came out in 2021, so that'd be this year. It just seems there's no zombie movies coming out anymore. Whereas there just used to be loads, like Cockneys vs. Zombies. Haven't watched that one, because it's never appealed to me, but that's not the point. So, I think we need we need a sequel to that for a start, because that was a really cracking film, uh, Army of the Dead. But it's also... More creative people need to start getting involved in the process of making these movies. Because... We've been here before. Fads and phases come and go and things change and stuff like that. It happens in any trend or medium. Eventually the trend passes only to resurface ten years later. And I think once The Walking Dead's gone, it's probably gonna the whole trend is probably gonna die for a little while at least. Because it is hard because it's so set in stone the way zombies are meant to operate. Once you um, diverge from that course is it even a zombie anymore but we saw with Army of the Dead it can still be done in an interesting creative and original way especially um, I don't have a lot to say about it because I don't want to ruin the film for everyone because it is a really good film and I really recommend it the ending is a little bit weak in my opinion kind of saw the entire ending coming but up until that point great film had some really interesting ideas, and Dave Bautista is just a charming fellow in general. So, I'm going to spend a bit of time now talking about zombies in video games. So, where to start with that? Well, Resident Evil. So, Resident Evil obviously had that entire concept going for it of it was like some sort of government, not government, but corporation bioweapon. That, the T-Virus. That created a zombie outbreak that spread across the world and ended it. Now that's the premise of the movie, the video games are a bit different, it's, there's like parasites involved in different things, they don't all revolve around zombies. But the idea of it is that it's an evil corporation that created an apocalypse to use as a weapon. <clears throat> and, interesting concept, I mean obviously in the modern age we all have a natural distrust of big companies anyway, so it kind of plays on that. It's a bit like how people relate to Thanos because he does everything he does <laughs> Marvel references because of resource conservation which is a real thing people worry about so that's where Resident Evil hits people is that they worry about big corporations doing nasty things now they're the real OGs of zombies in video games so my personal favourite zombies in video games would probably be Left 4 Dead although I did play the Back 4 Blood open beta and that was pretty good too now Left 4 Dead, it done something interesting in that it did have these multiple varieties of zombies, but I really liked uh, The Witch in particular, because in a game that was already a little bit creepy, well, until you played it enough and it wasn't creepy anymore, that was soul chilling, because The Witch just used to cry horribly. <laughs> and then screech at you and attack you with zero mercy whatsoever. Obviously we have Left 4 Dead 2 where it's more of the same but better. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I heard people give Left 4 Dead 2 a lot of shit for not being more. But I'm kind of like, look, it worked. So why change what ain't broke? But a good example of exa one that I didn't like and I know people are going to disagree with me. I did not like Undead Nightmare. For Red Dead Redemption 1. I played that before I played Red Dead, so that probably didn't help me. I just did not like it. But, saying that, Zombie Western 
that I can get behind. There's something about the idea of a cowboy strolling into town with like a brace of revolvers, just like bam, 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 headshotting zombies left, right, and centre. There's something really, I don't know, really cool about that idea, and I'd really like to see more media, please. Every can we get on this like zombie western video game? That'd be awesome, and I'd play the shit out of that. Um, obviously, Days Gone came out a couple of years ago. That's another example where it does the more. The zombies aren't as creative, they're just kind of runners, but it's the fact they're in hordes that makes them a threat. So it kind of returns to type in a way, but does it in a way that works and makes them a very threatening force because they can run. That is the biggest and most important thing to make zombies a terrifying force to be reckoned with. If they can run, they're a threat. If they can walk, I can jog away. I can't stress that enough. Probably the biggest zombie game of all time, Plants vs. Zombies. Anyway, there's <laughs> not a lot to say about that. <laughs> Don't want to talk about it. I never actually played Plants vs. Zombies. Well, not, I didn't have it. Like I've obviously I've played it a bit like on friends' phones and stuff and on friends' computers. But it's not something that was for me. I'm not a big fan of the whole wave tower defense thing. The actual biggest zombie deal in a minute. I don't, I don't know if it still is. I haven't played it for a few years now. It's probably uh, the Call of Duty franchise and their zombies they always do. The zombie Nazis and stuff. And I'll be honest. I'm not the biggest Call of Duty fan in the world as it to start with. But there was something inherently fun about that. To like get a group of friends and just slaughter zombies, and that's why the Left 4 Dead horde player versus horde format is so good, because no matter what you do, it's going to be fun because you're playing with friends. Same as like Vermintide, but there's not there's no zombies in Vermintide. Vermintide is a fun game because it's cinematic. You get great moments out of it organically, and you get to play with your buddies. <coughs> Excuse me. Now. Probably the first game I can think of where you can play as an undead would be Warcraft 3, a game I used to be intimately familiar with. Like I played a lot of that in my youth. And it was actually the Scourge was my faction, it was my favourite faction to play. And I think that was probably the first time you got to play as the undead horde seeking to end the world. Now I've had a few things like that since then. So with Left 4 Dead, there was the um, the director mode, I think, came out, where you controlled the zombies, or you had the multiplayer, um, the multiplayer where half you were zombies, half you were players, blah, 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 traditional. Now, I'm interested to see what Back for Blood will offer in that regard, because, again, I'm probably going to play that a lot. So all these things share the similarities of zombies and most of them have different kinds obviously like Warcraft's a bit different it's fantasy so you've got undead dragons but with your things like Left 4 Dead uh, State of Decay Dying Light they're all kind of more modern and embrace that idea of zombies that have different specialities and abilities another big one would be the Last of Us series I mean probably one of the most successful video game franchise of all time The Last of Us now I don't view them as traditional zombies, but it's still zombies. Zombies don't just have to be, oh, he got bit, he's a zombie. They can be other things. So those ones are caused by a fungus. And again, they embrace that idea of them changing as time goes on. 
and you get the clickers and different other kinds of zombies like those ones that are really sneaky and those scary bastards. Resident Evil was really good at that and came up with some proper eldritch fucking monstrosities to throw at you. So video games are probably the biggest format for it today as I'm speaking because it's just it's a bit different to watching a movie about zombies. Like a movie about zombies has to try harder because how long can this thing really be a threat for when you have a gun? Which is why I kind of like the idea of a cowboy one because they didn't have guns that fired a thousand bullets every ten seconds. So with a video game you can get away with more because it's engaging, it's, you know, you're physically and mentally engaged with it. And obviously in real life, there's like the sort of zombie escape room stuff and the zombie simulation stuff you can go off and do, which I'm sure are very fun. Haven't had an opportunity to go to one myself. I don't have any friends, so <laughs> who needs them? So I would at this point normally talk about different zombie novels, and that will happen eventually, but unfortunately I just haven't had the time in between episodes to go off and read a bunch of books. And that sounds a bit silly considering I'm sat here doing a podcast specifically about it, but... You know, guys, we make we make do with the time we have to get things done. So, instead of that, I'll mention a couple. We've obviously got World War Z, and there's actually one I read when I was a, a young teenager, The Zombie Survival Guide uh, by Max Brooks, which was... <clears throat> I, I only know the author's name because I literally remembered it earlier and quickly checked who wrote this book. And, um... That was a good one. And, um, I'm pretty sure it was actually the book that came before World War Z. I'm almost positive of this. Guys, off the cuff, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure it's the same dude. So, there's a lot of literature out there. I can't help you fucking die for it right now. Just Google best zombie books, because Google... What did people do before the internet, man? I just can't believe it. So, I'm going to talk a little bit about how different kinds of zombies come to be. Are we okay with that? Are we cool with it? Good. So... Obviously, there is the traditional, he got bit, a man got bit and now he's a zombie. Cool, classic, nothing wrong with it at all. So, the whole classic, don't get bit, don't get scratched, don't drink zombie juice, zombie juice, get it today. That normally comes from where the cause is some kind of virus, like as we see in The Walking Dead or the T-Virus in the Resident Evil series. Is. And they are... Probably the most portrayed kind of zombie in modern visual media. And by visual media, I mean, you know, movies, video games, television. Another one would be something like The Last of Us, where it's an external force like a fungus overriding the brain. Things like that. And we see that in a couple of examples. The Last of Us is definitely the biggest one. But it's normally a thing in more science fiction y sources, things like that. The biggest one. I mean the biggest, is probably magic. Necromancy. Remember how we spoke about that, like, 35 minutes ago? About the old Haitian folklore, myths and beliefs about necromancers and stuff? Still a thing, still probably the most popular way of showing off undead as we speak today. I'm just going to say, Dungeons & Dragons, I reference it a lot. You've probably noticed, I've, always, I've got it on the brain a lot, I play a lot. You know, necromancy, magic, you raise skeletons, you raise zombies, they become your servants of the night. Um, 
that's also really present in a lot, I mean a lot, of fantasy novels. I, mean, I can probably look at my shelf right now and see at least one. So then I looked at my shelf, I'm looking at it right now, so it's going to sound weird at this angle, me talking. We've got The Dwarfs by Marcus Heights has Undead Zombies. We've got Game of Thrones, one of the biggest parts of that whole series, Undead Zombies. I've got Halo, The Flood, basically zombies. I've got Vampirates. I think there might be zombies in it. I think I read that as a young teenager, actually. Don't know why it's still there. Might reread it someday. But that's the point I'm making. Like in so many different sources, so many different books, they're relevant. So those of you that watched Game of Thrones uh, and watched the last season, I actually liked it, but, you know, I'll fuck myself. The whole thing is building up to that. The whole, whole series. I should have said spoiler alert. Shit. Anyway, the whole premise is building up to that. This unstoppable horde of undeath and evil coming for the world of men to devour it whole. And a similarity I'll draw is to a more science fiction thing. Zombies are almost like a grey goo effect. They just want to eat everything. Uh, for those of you who don't know grey goo effect, uh, think Horizon Zero Dawn. Think swarm of robots that want to eat everything. Or the video game grey goo. Or any number of other examples. The Flood from the Halo franchise are a good science fiction example. But they're more biological than nano-robots and stuff. But it's just anything that wants to consume everything without any regard for life. So, zombies. They just want to eat. It's the only impulse they feel is, I want to eat shit, or just do what my magical master who raised me from the dead told me. You know what, I wasn't going to talk about it, but now I am. Um, if you haven't read it, really go read The Dwarfs by Marcus Heights. It's a absolutely cracking series. If you like dwarfs, you'll like it. It's literally in the name. It's It's starring dwarfs. Finally, they got their own series of fantasy novels just about them. Ah, laddie, let me tell you, I want some mead and an axe and killing orcs and shite. Awful Scottish accent. Trust me, I do it better when I'm playing D&D. But I love the idea of zombie apocalypses, and I plan to use one in a campaign I'm running soon. But I just think the whole premise of it gets so horribly misused sometimes that that's why the, the, the genre is dying a very slow death because there's just been so much shit out there and at the same time there's so much crap it's hard to find the stuff that's good and it's getting so overplayed obviously with Call of Duty every game they release has to have a zombie mode you know it it's the thing, the market gets saturated. Like I think Back for Blood will do really well for a long time, and I think in terms of zombies, they're going to own the market for a very, very long time going forward once the game's out. But that's all uh, I've got to say today, guys. I know it was a bit of a slow one, a bit more tangent-y, a bit shorter, but I'm being perfectly honest. Like, I've been at work, I'm very tired, and I just really wanted to get some content out there because I know at least someone out there is listening to it and if you're enjoying it whoever you are like that's all I care about I'm not here to make money I'm here to bring a bit of joy okay do I have a D&D story this week yes actually so I said to get comfortable so a, par a party of adventurers they're going to a village to investigate some mysterious disturbances and disappearances of people 
The party goes off and speaks to some witnesses and victims of attacks of strange, bitey creatures. Zombies. Because I'm not very original. Eventually they make their way to the town, the uh, village... I forgot how to say the word cemetery for a second there. Cemetery. <laughs> and they go inside a mausoleum that turns leads to a dungeon underground. Now they fight their way through uh, a horde of undead, skeletons, zombies, the lot, and they find an evil necromancer who tries to black his way out of it by claiming he was a victim of the curse of this place. And as he begins to exposit this, one of the players just says, I shoot him. So he does. And it's, it's a low level boss encounter, guys. I'm not going to penalise him for like jumping the gun a bit and not letting me get my evil villain speech out of the way. So they have a, a shortish battle doesn't take too long it's a very low level boss so you know he's only got like 40 HP 50 HP now eventually they defeat him and as they begin to make their way out a door behind them a, a large door starts smashing open and in front of them is a Draco Lich a, a dragon that has chosen to become an undead lich uh, they eventually manage to flee because it was more of a plot device than and me being an arsehole, so I kind of let him roll a couple of checks and get out of there. Now, they go to the village headsman. Uh, two of the party go off to go help the wounded uh, that are left over. And one of the party goes, right, I'm going to go get a bonus off this guy, because he said he'd pay us extra if we dealt with the problem. So he goes into the headsman's house, has you know, pleasantries with him, and goes, right, I would like my money now. And the man goes, ah, oh, have you have you dealt with the threat to my fair village? And he goes, yep, I've uh, I've killed the wizard. There is a dragon now, though. And the headsman's like, sorry, what? And he goes, yep, wizard's dead. Now there's an undead dragon. Can I have my money? Now, he presented it in such a blasé and blunt way that I just couldn't help but laugh. And I sort of role-played the headsman being like, well, no, you can't have my money because you've given us bigger problems. First, we had, like, a relatively weak wizard... And now we've got a giant undead dragon. And he's just sort of like, that's not my fault though. And <laughs> this is an example, and this is something we can learn. When you're playing a character, and you're trying to roleplay the character, you have to remember that the things you say have consequences to uh, the NPCs. So by just saying, oh, there's an undead dragon there now, how does he know you didn't cause that? Obviously the players didn't, it was a plot device. But... He didn't understand why he wasn't getting his bonus for killing the wizard. And I tried to explain it's because you've made it a thousand times worse. There's a giant undead dragon here now. Now they did actually get paid for their work in the end anyway. But re remember kids, the, the things you say in D&D have consequences in D&D. &D. And that's all I have to say today guys. Um, as always I really appreciate anyone who listens. And I really hope you enjoy it. I know I'm a bit slow today but that is what it is unfortunately. I'll hopefully be back on top of it by next week. And if you want to get in touch, it's at, huh, you, you know it, let's talk fantasy 93 at gmail.com. That's the weird A as at. And I'll probably be setting up um, the Facebook page sometime next week when I've got a bit more free time. So, take care everyone. Stay safe. Ta-ta.